Welcome to the Speak Life Podcast. What we do at Speak Life is apply truth to reality. We know life is very difficult as it is, but it's a lot harder when you are not basing your life off of truth. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the Speak Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Blighty. I can't tell you how over the top I am that you decided to tune in today because it means that the first two podcasts didn't scare you away. We have a goal here at Speak Life. Our goal is to explain biblical truth and then apply it to life's realities. Find the truth in scripture and then use it to live our lives. Today we will discuss part three of a series called How to Live the Life God Created You For. Part three is titled Rules of Engagement. In the first two parts of the series, we tried to lay a foundation based on the truth found in Scripture that we can now build on. The foundation is this. God created you for his pleasure. And you know what? We really don't have a whole lot to say in this matter because he's God and we're not. And pleasing him happens through relationship with him. That's our apex purpose in life, to have a relationship with God which is pleasing to him. Because a relationship that's displeasing to God That's not your purpose. And then we read that Jesus, the author of life, doubles down on this thought by publicly praying that we would realize that abundant life, life to the fullest, is only found by having a firsthand experiential knowledge of God. Catch this. A knowledge that can only come through pleasing him. I would say the Bible is building a very strong case on what your purpose is. Jesus is saying that when you properly interact with God, and the key word here is properly, and get to know him, you are the real winner. You will have discovered the greatest of all treasures, and you will become like the man in Matthew 13 who found the treasure hidden in a field and with all joy sold all he had and bought that land because of its immense value. That's the foundation. I hope you've taken time to meditate and pray and get your mind around these ideas because we're now going to build on them. So the question is, how does this relationship with God work? How do we properly interact with God so that we get to know him? Well, if you stop and think about it, all healthy and beneficial and fruitful relationships have parameters. They have rules. Like my relationship with my wife has certain parameters, a very detailed and long list of rules and parameters. That was a little joke for all the husbands out there. That I don't share with anybody else. And in order for that relationship to be fruitful, truth is we both must honor these parameters. I also have two sons. And the parameters for my relationships with them are slightly different than the ones I have with my wife. And the parameters I share with my sons are slightly different than the ones I have with my daughter. The same is true with different parameters that I have with my neighbors or coworkers, best friends, or just an acquaintance. All of these relationships have appropriate rules and parameters that will make them healthy and fruitful if followed. Well, it's no different with our relationship with God. 
A relationship with him has rules and parameters that need to be followed for it to be healthy, beneficial, and life-giving. So this is critical to understand. You might want to write this one down because there's one rule and one rule only. Here are the rules of engagement. It's simply this. He leads and we follow. He leads and we follow. If you want to have a relationship with God that is transformational, if you want a relationship where chains are broken off, where mountains in your life are moved, where you bear fruit, where when you come to the end of your life and you can look back on it and say, that was better than I ever expected, then the rule is really simple. The roles are really simple. He leads and you follow. The Bible makes this painfully simple to understand, but it's just not in our nature to follow, especially when it comes to our life. You know, sometimes I feel we make living for the Lord way more complicated to understand than it really is. Because if it stays this elusive thing, if it's this complicated maze, like, can anybody live for God? Then it's so much easier for us to justify our disobedience. I mean, no one, no Christian would say or admit publicly that in this relationship between me and a never not existing God, who created everything from nothing, by simply speaking it into existence, yeah, yeah, this relationship works best when God follows my lead. It's so clear who should be leading in this relationship, right? Remember the God saving us from us conversation we had in part one. We talked about our life before salvation, us living a life of futility, leading our own lives and running ourselves into the ground. Us leading our own lives is why God had to send his son to earth to ultimately die on the cross and fix the mess we created. All things bad started when we started leading. Do you really think after our salvation, the us leading our own lives is a strategy we need to pick up again? Do we honestly think, we need God's leadership any less today than before we got saved. Again, it's so simple to understand, but it's not in our fleshly nature to allow God to lead our lives. It's never been in our nature. See Adam and Eve. Here was God's instructions to them in the garden. All that your eyes can see is yours, but this one tree is off limits. Well, that was too restrictive. That wasn't good enough for them. They thought that it would be best to take things into their own hands. See if this mindset sounds familiar at all to you. In their eyes, God's leadership was somehow flawed or somehow unfair. It was somewhat restrictive or limiting and maybe didn't have their best interest in mind we might have to step in and adjust the plan. I mean, we know what's best for us. Does that sound familiar at all? And the God who literally gave them life, and the God who literally sustains their life, 
the God who provides everything they could possibly need, this God could not be trusted to lead their life. They thought they could improve things. And the irony of ironies is that by trying to live their best life, they actually introduced themselves to death. They ended up believing a lie told to them by the father of lies. Remember, be very careful where you get your new thoughts from. So the Bible does a great job reminding us as it is loaded with verses telling us that our role in this relationship is simply to follow him and obey him. Now I say that word obey here because I want clarity on what following God really looks like. I've noticed that in the Christian community, we sometimes operate in a world of fuzzy ideas or concepts. The very best way to describe what a follower of God looks like is to say someone who obeys God. A true follower follows the rules that the leader lays out. I know this might sound harsh, but the moment you and I decide to disobey God is the moment we're not following God. You simply can't have one without the other. To obey God is to follow God, which is just another way to describe pleasing God. But here's the interesting thing. It's that God is not a dictator. He's never going to force these rules or parameters on us. He never forces us to obey him, which is so interesting. I mean, he's God. He can certainly do whatever he wants. And he most certainly can make us do anything he wants. The only limitation God has is the ones he puts on himself. So he operates this way because he wants a genuine relationship with us. He's not into fixed marriages. He doesn't want a robotic bride. So he dignifies us and gives us free will, which means we have the free will to choose him and the free will not to choose him. So let's talk about our choices and further see why they are so important to God. I think it's because there's nothing that describes you or shows the essence of who you really are and what you truly desire more than the choices you make every day. Think about it. All the things you choose and all the things you don't choose just inside of one day. Here's an easy example. You pull up to a fast food drive-thru and you take a look at the lit up display menu of all the options right at your fingertips. And as you scan the options, you think to yourself, no, no. Ah, a double quarter pounder with cheese. Ooh, could I have extra onions on that? Yep, that's what I want. That along with a supersized fry and drink. You flip through your music playlist and search for the song you want to listen to or the song that you're in the mood for. You look through your closet deciding what outfit you want to wear today. All the way up to the more important decisions you make every day, like the friends you choose to hang out with or not hang out with, to the person you date or marry, to the career you work in, to maybe the most important daily choice we make, which is the thoughts we choose to let rent space in our head, 
how and what we think is the most important choice you'll make that day. Remember, as a man thinks, so he is. And at the end of the day, if there was a computer printout that you could read of all the choices you made during that day, that would have to be the most accurate, the most quintessential description of who you really are and what you really desire. And I truly believe that the thing that God desires most, I mean the God who has everything, the thing he desires most above all things is for us, his prized creation, to freely choose him. What I mean by that is to freely choose for him to lead us. What a humbling thought that this is what God desires most. And as a follower of Christ, the question we all have to answer is at the end of the day, how many times did we choose God? How many times throughout the day did we ultimately choose to follow him, choose to obey him, and ultimately choose to please him? I warned you ahead of time that this series was going to challenge you. And if you are serious about living the life God created for you, then you must challenge yourself and take an honest look at the choices you make throughout the day and see if you are choosing to lead your own life, meaning do what you want to do when you want to do it, or are you allowing God to lead your life, doing what he wants you to do when he wants you to do it. This choice is always up to you. Let me give you a quick example from my own life. Let me give you a slice of everyday life. So a while back when I was about, let's say, four months or so into this experiment of trying to live life with the apex purpose being to please God. And our family of five piled into the car to go to some event. Me, my wife, and the three kids. And about 10 minutes into the ride or so, I was on the receiving end of what I considered to be a highly disrespectful comment for all to hear. No family members, no family names shall be divulged there. Oh, it was a good one. And I was honestly offended. And I knew exactly how I wanted to respond. I remember how my dad would have responded, but that's, that's a whole other story. And isn't it funny how we can so quickly come up with some of the other things that the perpetrator has done in the past and mentally pile up those offenses on top of the one that just happened. Yeah, I've got all those thoughts bouncing around in my head too at this point, making me even angrier. I was feeling the words just about ready to come out of my mouth when I heard the Spirit telling me that I actually have a choice in how I respond to this situation. I have a free will choice. I can do things my way, or I can choose to do it God's way. So while we're driving in this hap-hap-happy car, and with nobody knowing what I'm doing, because I'm silently saying this in my head and in my heart, God, I want to choose you. Right now, God, I want to choose you. And this is what that looks like. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? I'm saying this over and over and over in my head. And about 20 times or so into praying this prayer, I feel the anger inside of me subside. And I'm starting to think differently about the situation. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me 
to just not say anything. So that's what I chose. And I'm so glad I did because I felt like I pleased him and I felt his pleasure with me. It was such a personal thing between me and God and I felt really close to him. So many good things transpired in that moment to me personally, besides not having to clean up a mess that I could have created, that it would be hard to list them all. And all this happened by choosing to allow God to lead me in this life experience that I know all of you guys can relate to. I'm going to keep coming back to this point that God has some unbelievable things planned for you but you have to do it his way. In Galatians 6, 7, and 8, does a great job of explaining this and laying it out for us. Starting with verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's unpack this a little bit here. It says, do not be deceived or don't be duped, don't be tricked, don't believe this lie. God cannot be mocked. That means what God says is really going to happen. A man reaps what he sows. There are going to be consequences to your choices. Just count on it. Whoever sows, whoever plants seeds or whoever makes choices, to please their flesh, meaning doing what you want when you want to do it. From the flesh will reap destruction. Let's just say it's not what's best for you. Whoever, though, sows to please the Spirit, or whoever does what God wants you to do when he wants you to do it, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There's that same phrase again that Jesus prayed in John 17, which means you will live life to the fullest or you'll live an abundant life or another way of saying it, you will live the life God created you for. This passage is the classic example of choices and consequences. It's telling us that you're absolutely free to make any choice you want, plant any seed you'd like, but you're going to be a slave to the consequence, good or bad. You're going to have to eat the harvest you grow. So if you make choices or plant seeds that are led by your flesh, then when the harvest is grown and it's time to reap that harvest, you're going to be eating rotten food, food that's decaying, food that leads to death. And if you choose to make choices led by the Spirit, you are willing to follow the Spirit's lead, knowing that these choices will be pleasing to God, then you'll be dining on food that gives eternal life. Let's think about it in another way. Think about every choice you make as a business transaction. And we all know that in business, you want to make winning transactions. Because if you don't, you're not going to be in business much longer. Listen, every time you have a choice, one of two things is going to happen. Either you do it your way, and Galatians 6 says, it's going to be a guaranteed loss. Or this transaction can take place. You can lay down what you want to do and swap it out instead for what God wants you to do. And this transaction 
is always a guaranteed win. And the choice is yours. That time I got offended in the car and chose to do it God's way, I was the one who really benefited from that choice. That's what happens when you please God. You win. Choose your way, lead your life, and Scripture says you always lose. Choose God, let him lead, and Scripture says you always win. If you want to live the type of life God created you for, then you have to remember that in this relationship, he leads and you simply follow. If you want to live the type of life God created you for, then you need to understand that your choices matter. And I would highly suggest you choose God. On next week's episode, we talk about the cosmic one-two punch. We mentioned this earlier and how powerful this combo is. Next week, we break down what biblical faith and biblical love really means. You need to have a good working understanding of both of these because the Bible says, and check this out, that without it, it's impossible to please God. I hope you tune in. Until then, speak life. Thanks for tuning in to the Speak Life podcast. Speak Life is a nonprofit organization and we rely on donations and referrals. If you feel there is an organization or an individual who needs to hear this message, I trust that you will get it into the right hands. If you would like to find out more about us, donate, or leave a testimonial, head over to www.speaklife.world. And lastly, for a list of today's scriptures, you can go to Speak Life Facebook page at speaklife.world.